watch that yet. But the first one I did with him, I'd never met him before I either. Okay. And we kind of did a, a the first the first one was just kind of was getting to know you know mm. what, what each other does and whatnot. So I figured that can kind of go along those lines. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so welcome to the podcast for Hi, anyone me. anyone listening, Georgia Priest. I think yeah. I pronounced that. Georgia. Right. Georgia Priest. Yeah. See, I'd, I'd even I'd thought about that and I was like, I'm just going to risk it and, and go, go. How are you? Anyway. I'm good, yeah. Yeah, you? I'm good, yeah. Are you excited? Nervous? Excited, nervous. Yeah, <laughs> mix of both. Something you've done before? No. No? No. And terrified at the sound of my own voice. So. Terrified at the sound of your voice? Yeah. But are you performing soon? Yeah. <laughs> Complicated. <laughs> So you're you're performing as part of Witter. Yeah. What are you doing for Witter? Uh, spoken word poetry. Okay. Yeah. And you're terrified of your own voice. Mm. Years of being told that I have a disgusting Brummie accent is okay. Gets to you, yeah. But I don't. I can't hear a Brummie accent. <laughs> Some people really hear it, and other people are like, "You're not even Brummie." Okay. okay. So how long have you been in Lincoln then? Um, I came here for my undergrad um, okay. in 2014, right. and I went home for a year after that, and then I came back for my master's, so. Yeah. Do you like it in Lincoln? I love it. Yeah? I love it so much. Compared yeah. to where you're originally from? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot more of a cultural scene, because I'm from really? just outside Birmingham, okay. and there's like nothing. I mean, I was going to say there's nothing in Lincoln, but... <laughs> it feels like we're on the cusp of becoming something as a city. Okay. I think that's quite exciting. Yeah. Mm. And you're getting, kind of getting involved in that. Yeah. Because like, I've kind of, so, obviously we've never met before. Mm-hmm. I stumbled across you on Instagram. Yeah. Randomly messaged you. And it's very appreciative of you coming. <laughs> um, but I hadn't seen any of your work prior. Mm. Is getting involved in kind of the art scene new to you? Or is Relatively, this? Relatively, yeah. yeah. I think I've only just got the confidence okay. to do it. Um, the confidence to even call myself an artist yeah um took a long time so now to actually try and take up space and make my voice heard and yeah yeah it's a new thing how did you get involved with Witter? um i think when i was back home for that year i was kind of just missing lincoln and looking at stuff on instagram and okay. just seeing stuff happening i mean like i need to be involved in this yeah so as soon as i got back i was like going to all the events and yeah it's not a bad way of doing it mm. so i looked through your work and i have a question yeah what does post-photographic mean? Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of looked through it and I was like, I really like this, but I don't know what this means. <laughs> For me, like, it's the idea that the photo is just a canvas okay. that you then work on top of. Okay. Um, I think that a picture tells one layer of a story, but doesn't tell everything. And okay. so then I like to work on top of it. And even now, I don't I haven't used a camera in months. I still see myself as a post-photographic artist because I still think my work is an extension okay. of the photograph. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I did I did um, contemporary lens media mm. for my degree. Right, that's cool. So I should probably know what post-photographic means, but that was years and years ago, years ago. Um, so, no, it's kind of one of those things of, like, it was a strange course to be on mm. because everyone saw photography in different ways. Yeah. Some people saw it as kind of the final product. Some people just saw it as like a means to an end. Yeah. Uh, but isn't that a, a final interesting? Yeah, like I like to do collage and like I like to prick holes in photos and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do kind of installation work or is it mainly just... I want to get it? into yeah. it. Yeah. Is that I the really dream? Want to. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. It's good to have a dream. Yeah. Do you think you do stuff in Lincoln? I think maybe. Yeah. I think Lincoln's good, but it's it's a bubble at the moment. As yeah. much as it's growing, it's hard to get an audience. Okay. Um, but maybe that's I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's just me. When you make work, what do you, what's what's your main theme? Would you say? Um, I realise there's a lot of questions yeah. going on right now. Uh, <laughs> Feel free to relax. <laughs> something with a social, environmental, or political conscience. Yeah. Um, I think I feel guilty making art for the sake of art. Okay. Um, it's got to have some sort of message. 
I think I struggle with calling myself a political artist. Okay. But my work is definitely political. Why do you struggle calling yourself a political artist? Because then it makes me sound like I know something about politics. Or maybe I'm just pretending. I don't know. I don't know. I guess, I guess, I mean, if you're making political art, you must know mm. something about politics. Yeah. You can't be completely mm. ignorant or... or whatever yeah, ignoring things I think again it's that fear of like saying that I am yeah yeah I mean this this is a fairly public way of saying that you are maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm not that I'm forcing you to say that you're a political artist or anything but you know when I when I put a tagline up it will just say <laughs> artist mm-hmm. okay so I mean kind of I had a look at your work mm. And, and went through your website. And there was a couple of pieces which I kind of like really enjoyed, uh, which was the, the People as Objects uh, yeah. series, mm-hmm. uh, and the two, two you did for that. And I thought they were really interesting. But when kind of approached you about podcast, you had a subject in mind. Yeah, um, the idea of activism as yeah. artwork and artwork as activism. Okay. Um, it, the, do you have an example? So, with my poetry, that's like the one thing that is completely not political. And I let myself be soppy and romantic and just talk about my feelings. Okay. But I still see that as a very political thing. Okay. As like being a woman stood on a stage. Yeah. Having a voice. Um, Like in some countries I could get arrested for that. So, I still see it as quite a political act. Yeah. I don't know. I find that's quite interesting, kind of, kind of socially. For mm. for most people, it's not an unusual thing. Yeah. It's just like yeah, it's just a person on a stage. You know, mm. They don't think of it as a woman on the stage, and they forget about the, the kind of the international. Yeah. Aspect of it all. Mm. So you can't kind of escape that, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I think like it's knowing my privilege as like a white person. Yeah. And recognising that um, and just not taking that for granted yeah I think yeah okay so you write when you write your poetry mm. is it is it kind of sonnety is it abstract what what kind of style are we looking at because this this podcast will go post Witter mm, right. so you'll have already performed at this point yeah <laughs> oh, I don't really know I just kind of gush about how I'm feeling okay. um I joke that I'm like the Taylor Swift of Lincoln. I'm just like, oh, boys. And okay. <laughs> but it's not quite that. Um, I'm very into like indie music. Okay. So I think if indie music as a poem. Quite light. Yeah, upbeat. But still emotionally charged. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, that's interesting. So, okay. All right, indie music. Mm. For top five bands. Do you have a top oh. five band? Oh, God. I like Art Brute. Okay. Um, Martha. I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I went to see Art Brute a few weeks ago in Birmingham, and mm-hmm. they were amazing. Um, Could you compare them to a mainstream band? Mm. So I have a point of reference. <laughs> God, I don't know. No, because I don't know mainstream bands. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, top five. I don't even know. It's hard when people ask top really five. Hard. I never asked favorite because I, I feel like when you that's, ask for someone's favorite, mm, that's a real trap. Yeah, definitely. If, if your favorite band, but mm. top five is, is top five's still tough. Yeah. Because my music tastes all over the place. Like okay. My little brother's into heavy metal, and yeah. that like my teen years were just spent with like the Black Veil Brides and. See, I know who that is. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my scene. Yeah. <laughs> It was funny during my undergrad years because I was very sort of shy and then pe- like I'd have friends around to my flat and it would just be like plastered in like Black Hat Brides posters and My Chemical Romance and they'd be like, who are you? What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, maybe there's a, do you still feel that kind of, as an adult, you kind of shield people from what you do? Yeah, maybe. Hmm. I mean, obviously, you say mentioned being a bit shy, or mm. and then at the same time, you've got this whole want to do political activist yeah. creation. Yeah, true. Mm. Do you think? I mean, going back to uh, the idea of being a woman on stage and whatnot, mm. do you think a lot of women struggle with that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I think like well the whole reason where it was started was yeah. like Sarah saying oh can I perform over my nights and then being like oh we already have a woman right yep so I don't know I think I think it is tough um, and I think knowing that you are allowed to have a voice um, it takes time and I think I'm still getting used to that yeah uh, even like we have a shared studio for the masters in fine art. Okay. I'm petrified of taking up space in it. Really. I have my tiny desk in the corner, and I don't want to move from that desk. And everyone's making these big artworks that like fill up the studio, yeah. and I'm like there with my books in the corner, not wanting oh. to move. And that sounds really <laughs> tragic. <laughs> it's, it does paint quite a sad picture. <laughs> Just being collapsed with your books in the corner. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess from kind of like a, a practical point of view, it's good. You don't take up much space. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd encourage you to to, to claim some space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's something I need to work on. Yes. Um. So in terms of space, obviously, um, recently all the, the announcements of like Usher Gallery and everything, mm. yeah. and coupled with a lot of activism and stuff going on mm. around that. What's your thoughts on that? Do you have thoughts on that? I'm heartbroken about the Usher. Yeah. Because um, I think it's got such potential as a venue and it okay. hasn't met its potential for a while. Yeah. And I feel like that was maybe deliberate. Okay. Um, I think that's a pretty shared view that maybe it's been neglected for a long period of time to the point where people don't go there. So okay. then, is it needed? Yeah, I can see that. Um, it's a little conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but no, I think like the idea of moving the art into the museum, into the collection, yeah. is dangerous to the arts because it represents art as something that's, I don't know, not engaging, not know, reduced to a museum. I don't know, I feel like a gallery and a museum have completely different yeah, needs. I could see as... So. In a way, it's it's seeing it as a relic. Yeah. Because it's part of the collection. Now. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't feel like the people making the decision have have thought of it kind of in that sense. To them, mm. it's just practicality. Them going, we need yeah. to make money with this, and we'll put it over here and, mm. and do this. Because I was talking to, um, do you know who Plastic Brain Press are? Yeah. So I had them on yesterday mm. to do a podcast. And we were discussing the whole Usher Gallery thing, and I mentioned that I'm not particularly sad about it. Oh, really? And I don't know why. Right. Because fine arts, what I do, mm. you know, is 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 my my kind of my want to to do. But at the same time, it never strikes me as a sad thing to see the Usher closing because mm. I'm like the art still exists, and if That's I can true. still get access to it, I'll mm. I'll seek it out and find it. Yeah. But from yeah, kind of a a symbolic point of view. <laughs> yeah. It is very much, oh, we're going to close this off, this mm. this chapter of art. Yeah. And I think when, like, with Witter and, like, we've got Mansions of the Future now, yeah. it feels like Lincoln is growing artistically. I feel really bad. I've not been to Mansions of the Future. It's good. At all. <laughs> it's good. There are, um, I think it's very, it's involved, like, Witter use it quite a lot, and a yeah. lot of the stuff seems very female-focused, which yeah. I do think is an issue. Okay. But, um, because I think there's a whole demographic that they're missing out on. Okay. But, um, I don't know. I feel like Lincoln as a city is growing creatively, so to then cut out, like, Lincolnshire's only public art gallery yeah. is, I don't know. I do feel... Lincoln kind of suffers... Like, I find it very strange that Lincoln doesn't have a modern art gallery. Yeah. And it's a, I don't think I'd ever noticed it until mm. the Usher was mentioned. And then I kind of realised that my hometown has a modern art gallery. Right. And I'm from Scunthorpe, which is tiny. Yeah. And yet still has this modern art gallery. Mm. And yet I'm in a city which has nothing. Yeah. And I found that quite strange. Mm. And I didn't know whether it kind of affected other places as well. Yeah, I wonder. If mm. Across the country. But I thought it was kind of interesting from a point of view of seeing people kind of upset mm. and 
and wanting to campaign and, and, and all this kind of stuff to do with the usher and um, obviously Jolly Brewer came up for sale recently so people are panicking mm. that spoken word nights are going to disappear and all this kind of jazz and then I got thinking about what you were saying about mm. creating art and activism mm. and my view is that whilst these things are terrible mm -hmm. it encourages activist art yeah and I kind of love that. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. It's like uh, I had a conversation with someone about how Donald Trump becoming president has just been amazing for the creative arts. Yes. Because now we have a generation of kids and teenagers who didn't care about politics. Yeah. And now are like, oh my God, I have a voice. I need to get these opinions out somehow. Yeah. Let me make art about it. And it's been great. Yeah. It's like the silver lining. <laughs> To a very very dark cloud it is it's that looking into the hurricane and going this is kind of pretty yeah <laughs> it's like um so yeah i mean obviously our version would be brexit mm -hmm. it's been fantastic for the entertainment industry because everyone <laughs> yeah. ha everyone's had a universal joke which mm -hmm. everyone understands yeah exactly so how did you kind of get into doing art i've just always had a pen in my hand yeah. like my mom jokes that like before I could talk, I was just like there scribbling. Yeah. Um, and my granddad was like a huge figure in my life, um, artistically. Yeah. Um, and I think in terms of activism, uh, he worked at British Island in Birmingham, and they striked a lot. Yeah. So I think now, um, I look up to that a lot in terms of my own activism. Um, but artistically, like he was an amazing painter mm -hmm. and. So a lot of the time I spent with him was like learning to draw and painting and yeah. Okay. Mm. Do you find, so do you, because I have a thing where I'm heavily concept based. So even if mm. I'm doing something silly, mm -hmm. it has to have a concept. Yeah. Do you find it a struggle to make just work? Yeah. And <laughs> I'm struggling with my degree because of that. Okay. Because my tutors just want me to make art for the sake of making art. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. No. Um, and they're like, why aren't you doing anything? And I'm like, look at this stack of research. Uh, I am doing stuff. It's just not manifested into anything yet. <laughs> but it will. Um, but yeah. What's, no. what's your, your subject? Have you kind of gone down? If you don't mind me asking. At the moment. Revealing to the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm really interested in the oil industry and okay. its relationship to the arts. Yeah. Um, and... I'm very interested in just climate change in general, okay. uh, but I don't want to be a climate change artist because... Why? Because I think there's enough art about climate change that I need to really think it through before I put anything else out into the world. Okay, yeah. Because um, there's a lot of bad art about climate change. There is a lot. Um, yeah. So you've got nothing against climate change artists? It's just no, no. There are plenty of like amazing people who inspire me, but I'm like I'm not there okay. yet. So until I'm there, I'm not willing to put that label and put work out. Okay, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah, I find a lot of artists go so long without classifying themselves mm. because they get concerned about the reaction to it. Yeah, like it's kind of that thing of if you slap feminist artist on your work suddenly you're under more scrutiny than if you were just artist yeah making activist work or anything like mm. that and the same with kind of photography and, and painting and as soon as you label yourself as that people get like hugely fearful yeah definitely of being judged mm. do you find it quite hard to take criticism of work or is that something you invite I think I invite it more now than I used to be yeah like I used to be very defensive of my work okay um because I, I kind of feel like activist art invites criticism. Yeah, Because definitely. it has to. Yeah, because I want to start a dialogue. Yeah. Um, like, when I'm making work about Brexit or when I'm making work about the environment, I'm not saying, oh, this is right. I'm saying, let's talk yeah. and let's try and think of a solution together sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. About opening that discussion channel. Mm. Okay. So what is your view on Brexit? Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, it's dreadful. It's dreadful. Uh, it's just dreadful. Okay. Um, yeah, my, I did a project called the Brexit Plan. Okay. Um, what was that about? It was linking the current political situation to the 1970s. Yep. And looking at the way motor industry workers 
are going to be affected by Brexit. Because, uh, again, linking back to my granddad, he mm-hmm. was striking in the 70s um, and the motor industry workers were just being treated dreadfully. Um, and I feel like that's happening again. But then I'm also asking these people who are being affected by it, statistically, are more likely to vote leave. Yeah. So I just sort of wanted to ask them why. Yeah. And do they know that their jobs are going down the drain because of it? And Because a lot of them were warned in advance. Yeah. You will lose your job. Like, yeah. not threatening, but... But the reality... The reality of the situation yeah. is these companies won't be able to stay in the UK, so jobs will be lost. And then these people still voted leave. And so yeah. I'm saying, like, you must have a reason. Let's talk about this and... Yeah. yeah. I found that... So there was a, there was a headline recently... Um, about farmers mm. and someone I really don't remember it might have been on the Lincolnite mm. it might have been one of their columns and it was saying how farming's the sacrificial lamb of Brexit right. which I found really interesting because pre-Brexit I'd taken a holiday in Derbyshire mm. and there was vote leave content everywhere yeah. and it was this huge thing of most of farming land and everyone was voting leave yeah because they wanted better rates and, and all this kind of from the EU and now they go, oh no. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I think, do you feel, you know when you kind of make activist art, or you see activist art, do you think it helps people understand the situation? Or do you think it just adds to the dialogue of either side? Um, I think my goal when I'm making it is... Yeah, to make people understand, I think. Because I think if we think of the brain as having two parts of, like, the section that understands facts and statistics and then the fact that the side that feels emotion, Mm -hmm. we're being bombarded with these statistics. Um, We know the facts, we know that Brexit's shit, but if I can, like, represent that visually and tug on someone's heartstrings a little bit, maybe they'll... (laughs) think about it a bit more. I love how much art is about manipulation. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm going to make a thing, and I need to make you cry. <laughs> don't yeah. want to upset you, but I want to upset you. Yeah. Just that little bit. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, in a way, it's kind of, that's that's how I see, see the difference between art and just creating, mm-hmm. is that if you are trying to kind of do that little manipulation of, mm-hmm. of people yeah. that you kind of you're pushing more towards the art aspects mm. whereas if you're just trying to make something pretty or, or visually interesting yeah you might lose that yeah that whole aspect do you have plans for the future in terms of art is there anything you're working on i'm working on a little project at the moment okay just can you talk about it i can it's <laughs> completely different to anything i've ever done before oh come. It's a performance piece. Okay. Um, I'm very inspired by Extinction Rebellion um, okay. and their protest work. Um, and I'm going to be mourning the death of our planet. Okay. So I'm planning a very... Um, I was planning to sort of dress up in mourning clothing and sort of stand on campus crying about okay. how terrible what we're doing to the planet is. I don't know where it's going at the moment, okay. but... The initial um, ideas there. Yeah, because there's the idea of um, Extinction Rebellion do a funeral for our future, where they'll carry like a coffin down the high street. Okay. Um, and talk about how the next generation is screwed. Um, and so I kind of wanted to do an extension of that. Okay. Yeah. But it's nothing like I've ever done before, so I'm terrified. I was going to say, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love the idea of performance work. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think I could ever... No, me either. That's you going to. Going You've got to, to anyway, yeah. Yeah. I know I've, I've, only, I've only ever read poetry, spoken word once, mm. and mm. I was terrified. Yeah. My hand was just shaking through the entire thing. <laughs> and I was, in my head I was just like, why am I doing this? Yeah. I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> I used to do it a lot. I was very confident in high school. Okay. Um, and then... I was part of the debate team and I had my first ever panic attack. Oh, really? In front of everyone during a debate. Yeah. Stood up on stage and just didn't get back on a stage for years. I know. And it was only because of Witter that Gemma was like, you write poetry. 
get on a stage, read it. Gemma's great at doing that. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things you kind of meet Gemma, and if she finds out you write, you're going to end up on a stage. Yeah, There's no two, two ways about it. Mm. <laughs> no, that's interesting. Because, I, I mean, I know, I know my nerves come from being young mm. anyway. Because I, I, it was one of those things of whilst I can do confident things as an adult, mm-hmm. as soon as I got back on a stage, I was, I was 10, yeah. 10, 12 again. And my brain just went, no, mm. we should be running away from this. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you putting yourself out there? <laughs> do, you, do you ever think you'll make more local work? Because obviously you're quite internationally. Yeah. Idea-wise. Mm. I think I want to. I was having a conversation yesterday with someone about the air pollution in Lincoln. Okay. And how terrible it is. And I don't think people know that. Because they think we're quite rural in the grand scheme of things yeah and it's quite open so it looks nice but um we are consistently breaching pollution levels okay um the air here yesterday was a level 10 which basically how do you know that uh googling okay there's a lot on the internet okay um (laughs) i'm wondering if there's like a go-to website there's uh friends of the earth okay do a lot yeah um yeah, Lincolnshire was a level 10. I think Grimsby was a level... Uh, Lincoln was level 10, should I say. Yeah. Grimsby was level 9, um, which is just dreadful. And I don't think we realise this. I think kids who grow up in Lincoln have, like, 5% less lung capacity, which is insane, because yeah. we think it's so clean and... I mean, compared to Birmingham, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah. It's insane. So I think maybe I'd like to do something about that. Okay. But again, very environmental focus. Yeah. It's kind of your, your main line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever kind of just want to push, I mean, obviously combine your, your romantic things from spoken word into your visual stuff? Or do you think that's something you'd never be able to do? Maybe. I think with... I did this big metal piece um, and I drilled 2,366 holes in it, mapping out all of the oil rigs in the Gulf of Mexico. It must have taken you forever. Yeah, it took a very long time. <laughs> and I did this piece, and when people see it without context, it's like, oh my god, it's beautiful. Yeah. Because you have the light reflecting off the metal, the metal bends in a really pretty way because yeah. of the holes. And it looks like, it almost looks like starlings flying through the sky. It's like a wave pattern. But then you find out what it is, and it's like, oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. I'm very interested in that sort of, I think it's quite romantic, like the sublime and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's subverting, kind of what people view yeah definitely mm. I love work like that I like I, I do like that whole kind of drawing someone in mm. and then thinking oh it's one thing and then reading about it and yeah definitely and corrupting it a little bit yeah <laughs> well not so much corrupting it maybe that's the wrong word <laughs> Mislead. it's that manipulation again <laughs> yeah exactly because <laughs> I think there's you can scare people and that's one way of going about it or you can do you think you'd ever want to do it? Um, I don't know. I think even like dressing up in morning clothes and going around campus crying, that could potentially be a little bit terrifying. <laughs> but um, I think that's more veering towards that side for me. Okay. But I think maybe the way that I prefer to do it is to gently ease people in and go, this is the situation. Look at how terrifying it actually is. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, see, obviously you mentioned you're going to do this on the campus. Mm. Do you think you do it on the high street? I'd like to. Yeah. We're doing some stuff with Extinction Rebellion. Okay. Um, and so there'll be performances going on the high street for that. So, yeah. Get involved in that. Mm, definitely. I feel like Lincoln's is quite a strange place for performance art. Yeah. There was a conversation I had um, when I was in uni. So I did a project where I put a hood on a friend of mine and then stood him in public places mm. like shops and, and H&V and, and the high street. And my tutor asked me if I thought I could do this in another city mm. and how they would react comparative to Lincoln. Yeah. Do you think Lincoln's audience are different? I mean, obviously, from being from near Birmingham, that's a completely different audience. Yeah. I think, oh, I don't know. Because we're quite a conservative yeah. state. Definitely. There's also more students. There is. Um, 
So I think maybe there's the open-mindedness there, but then do students have the time? This was this was actually something we came up yesterday. This whole because obviously everything going on with the art scene. Mm -hmm. I've not heard any students talk about it, mm. discuss it, post about it. Yeah. It's all been twenty-five to thirty-year-old people. That's true. Yeah. Who were really upset about it, mm. kind of angry about it. But I've not heard anything from anyone younger, and it kind of makes you think: Are they even aware? Yeah, that's true. I think it comes back to the idea of it is all old art, and it's art that we're not like on the masters. Mm -hmm. I don't. We only have a couple of people who do painting, and it's really discouraged. Yeah. They don't like you doing really traditional art forms. That's interesting. So for our only public art venue to be traditional. Yeah. Art, why is it discouraged? I don't know. It's weird. I have this one friend who's a really talented painter. Yeah. He does sound art now. He's not done That's any so paintings. so sad. Yeah. I mean, his sound art's incredible. Yeah. But I'm like, I want to do some paintings. Do some painting. Yeah. Because when I was... The example I kind of jumped to is when I was at GCSE, mm. I kept trying to do sculpture. Mm. And they always told me that I needed to be able to paint. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, granted, this was like decades ago. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's interesting that that's on a master's degree, they discourage painting. Yeah, because I think it's, so, it's such a skill. I yeah. can't paint at all. Like, I don't try. Can I you just, draw? I just don't anymore. No? No. Um, I find that quite sad. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I do some, like, illustration stuff. Okay. Um, but it's not something that I would say, like, it's not where my talent is. Yeah. Um, but I think like painting is such a skill that it should be encouraged more. Definitely. Do you so when you make your photography work? Yeah. Are you quite technically minded? No, not at all. <laughs> I couldn't tell you anything about cameras. No. People message me for camera advice, and I'm like, don't, please, I don't know. So I mean, yeah, this is going to seem like a dumb question. Do you do you shoot film digital? Um. I mainly shoot digital, okay. which some of my friends have an issue with. Oh, really? I'm not a proper photographer. Oh, I hate that, though. Yeah. Um, Digital's legitimate. Exactly. Um, but I love shooting film as well. Yeah. Um, I like medium format stuff. I find yeah. that really fun. I find that terrifying. Really? I love 35mm. Yeah. Absolutely love it, because I feel like you can abuse it. True. Compared to any other film, mm -hmm. you can just kind of you could throw it in a bin yeah. and it'd be fine. Mm -hmm. But with medium format, I always feel like I'm just going to mess up. Yeah. And I've only got twelve shots. That's true. And I'm like, this is terrifying. <laughs> I think for me that was the fun part of it was when I started shooting medium format, I was just so stressed out by photography and just okay. didn't enjoy it that it kind of forced me to take a step back and to just think about it. Okay. And just take a moment to actually think about taking a photo. Yeah. Yeah. Have you always done <coughs> photography then? Or is it, have you always been more art and then photography kind of just came to it? I think when I was doing my GCSEs, yeah. I, did a GC, I did my art GCSE, but I was so into like the traditional paintings and stuff like that. My skill just wasn't there. And yeah. I was like, I have these stories that I want to tell, but my technique isn't. Yeah able to tell them. Unable to translate it. Yeah. yeah. So then like the camera just seemed like the next step of like, oh I can actually make these stories happen through the camera. Yeah. Mm. So do you use flash? No, not really. Yeah. No. I avoid flash. Yeah. It was one of those ones which was heavily pushed on our course. Oh, really? And it became kind of abundantly clear that it was more they were aiming you towards like portrait photography. Right. And the idea of doing studio shoots and all this kind of mm. stuff, and I'm so like, I don't want to lug around flashes mm. and, and bits and bobs like that. No. I think it's quite a strange thing for artists when they're kind of considering the public mm. and this idea of trying to bring your idea into a visual image, that we can forget that they can't do that. Yeah. And especially when you kind of couple it with activism, mm. I think it, it becomes much more of a powerful thing that you kind of forget what you're making. Yeah. And you kind of look at it and go, okay, I'm going to make this. Mm. Do you ever worry that it's too obvious what you're saying? 
Yes, that's my big worry with this performance piece. Okay. Um, because all of my work tends to not be too obvious. Okay. Um, I like to, I like for people to have to really think about it. Yeah. Um, and that's why I'm scared of with this performance is that it is so obvious. Okay. Like I'm just going to be stood there crying about animals dying and yeah, I, it's very on the nose. So yeah. I don't know. I think it's something that I have to do to say I've done it and I've tried it. Yeah. But whether it'll be something that sort of sticks, I don't know. Okay. Because, yeah, that's a very real fear I have yeah. of making work, is that it's too obvious. Mm. And that people are just going to think it's silly. Or yeah. That kind of thing. But at the same time, I think, especially with political and activist art, there's, there's value in being blunt. Yeah. So to speak, there's value in just going, this is this. True. Because people aren't aware. Mm. Because as much as we kind of sit and go, okay, it's obvious that this is terrible, mm. some people just forget. True, yeah. Do you think if you enjoy doing this, your work might become more blunt? Maybe. Just a gradual yeah. transition. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe. I think... I don't know. I think the fear with it being too blunt is that people sort of see it, know what it is straight away, and won't give it the time. Okay. Whereas if they've got to stop and go, wait, what is this talking about? Things less considered then. Potentially. If something is obvious. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Mm. I don't know. See, to me, kind of, the benefit of Blunt is that you <clears throat> you make an impact. Mm -hmm. And whilst they may not think of it right away, it's one of those ones which they will come back to. True. Because they will want to tell someone else about it. Mm. Because they'll be able to. Yeah. And I think that's the risk you take with kind of abstract art. Mm. is that someone sees it and they sit and they go okay <laughs> I think I know what this is about and then they read a little blurb and then they go back to it and go okay I, don't, I kind of know what this is about now yeah. and then they'll not tell anyone about it mm. because they don't want to be wrong true yeah and they don't want to go I've misinterpreted this mm. or anything like that whereas if it's just right there mm. they're like ooh yeah, I saw this <laughs> mm. do you think when you think of audience mm. Do you, do you think you're kind of trying to appeal to the public or trying to appeal to the art world? That's something that I struggle with. Yeah. Because, especially with my Brexit project, I just, I still don't know who the audience is. Okay. Because I think it speaks more to an art audience, but that wasn't who I was trying to. Okay. I think the people who I want to start the dialogue with the levos who work in car factories yeah they're not looking at art no they've got stuff to do exactly they're busy <laughs> yeah um so that's something that i struggle with okay. yeah audience has just always been something that i just don't i can't get my head around it. no no i find that's that's what worries me kind of about um organizations like matches future mm. witter is that you kind of you run the risk of being trapped in your own audience yeah of if you're creating work and everyone's going, yeah, this is really good, mm -hmm. and then the audience already agrees with you before you've even shown them the work, yeah. th there's no progression from that. Mm. But I don't know how to avoid that. <laughs> I get that. Because it's also nice to have an audience that agrees it is. with you. It's nice to make something and someone go, yeah, this is really nice. I'm yeah. like, oh, thank you. You, know, yeah. you should have told me it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, and I hate that when people don't tell people when their work is terrible. Yeah bothers me so much. Do you tell people the worst? I'm maybe too blunt. Maybe too blunt? Okay. Yeah. Um, Have you seen any bad work recently? Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, I think... If it was mine, it's okay. But like <laughs> <laughs> especially like group critiques that you yeah. know. I think it's important for tutors and other students to be honest about each other's work. Yeah. And I don't think that necessarily always happens. No. Um, whereas I'm the one who's sat there going, oh no, I disagree with you. Um, yeah, which people don't expect. Mm. When I do speak up, they go, wait, but you're the quiet one. Where's this opinion coming from? That's good though. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, you got that, oh, what's the word? Not disguise. Yeah. But the, the, the little thing of just saying, I'll just sit here, and then all of a sudden, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I had this one course mate who just flat out the other day turned around to someone and went, Oh, I think your work's boring. 
valid. Yeah. Valid criticism. Yeah. And they needed to hear that. What did but they everyone, do about it? They just was very shocked that someone was criticising their work. See, I, I expect criticism. Yeah. And I'm always worried when I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's slightly self-deprecating. <laughs> no, I feel that. Yeah. If you, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you make work, especially if you make work with a message, mm-hmm. and you put it out, and no one disagrees with you, I find that more terrifying than if I put it out and someone came back to me and said, "No, this is terrible. You're awful. Yeah. You know, go away." Mm. I find that more encouraging. Yeah. Maybe that's a bad thing. <laughs> no, it's nice to know that you've like triggered something in someone. Yes. Rather than someone just passively viewing it and going, "All oh, right." Okay. Yeah. It's that little bit inside of us which wants to troll people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do <laughs> It's finding that line between going, I have a message, and I want you to discuss this message, but at the same time, it'd be great if I pissed you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can sit back and be happy about that, mm. and I don't know why. Yeah. Do you think all artists have that? As a Maybe, yeah. Because obviously most artists want to send a message. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favourite artist? Oh, or a top God. five artist? Ooh, that's Just tough. to expand it a little. <laughs> I love the activism work of Libright Type. Okay. And I think what they did was art. Okay. Um, there's a piece they did called Human Cost. Okay. Where it was all about the relationship between the Tate Art Gallery and the BP sponsorship. All right. Um, and eventually BP stopped sponsoring Tate after like six years of campaigning. They finally dropped the sponsorship. Yeah. Um, but the human cost piece, they had a naked man in the Tate Gallery covered in fake oil. Okay. And everyone like everyone thought it was an art piece. Everyone just kind of looked at it and was like, oh, modern art. But it was like this really clear message about yeah. the oil industry, and I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. Um, I love it when something gets mistaken for art. Yeah. It's my favourite thing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that one where somebody like put their glasses down on the floor in an art gallery? No. Someone took their glasses off and just put it on the floor in the art gallery and people were taking photos of it, thinking it was an art piece. That's amazing. Did you, there was one where some students put a pineapple in an art gallery. Oh, wow. And they went back the next week and the, ga- the museum had put a glass case around it. That's amazing. And I was like, I don't know if the museum's trolling the students yeah. at this point. It's gone a little bit too meta. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of my favourite gallery stories is still the Tracy Emin one mm. where she had the unmade bed yeah and a cleaner made it and tidied it up oh wow because she was like what's this messy bed doing in the middle of this gallery <laughs> oh that's funny yeah I, th- I think again again I think that kind of comes back to if you get to a point where it's too blunt mm. people might not take it seriously yeah and there's a very fine line to walk mm. Oh, back to your favourite artists. Oh, God. Because <laughs> you're not escaping that question. That's really tough. <laughs> um, there's this guy, I can never pronounce his surname. It's like Justin Bryce Garlicua or something like that. I don't okay. know. He works a lot with the philosopher Timothy Morton. Okay. Um, and he does these paintings of Arctic ice, and they're quite abstract, but he paints them on polystyrene. Okay. With the idea being that ice has already melted and that polystyrene's going to last forever. And that just blows my mind. Yeah, that's really yeah. poignant. Like that artwork will outlast yeah. all of us. And that's terrifying. <laughs> um, who else do I like? Zaria Foreman. She's okay. good. She does these beautiful, I think... I want to say paintings, but they're, they're oil pastel. She uses her, like, fingers, but they're, like, so photorealistic. Okay. Again, a melting Arctic ice. There's a theme here. <laughs> um, Do you tend to pick artists based on subject rather than execution, would you say? Hmm, I don't know. Maybe. But then, like I said, there's a lot of really bad art about climate change. Yeah. I don't have time for that. <laughs> um, I'm just picturing you in a gallery just like, no, I'm terrible in galleries I went to the Icon Um, I went twice uh, to see the same exhibition and I went once with two friends from my masters and they were stood there for ages looking at the art and I was like okay and then I went once with a friend who doesn't do art and we just kind of walked around saw the art and walked out and I was like it's brilliant 
That's how you see it. I worry when there's, there's like a social etiquette to galleries. Yeah. And I'll walk in, I'll look at a piece. And it doesn't take me that long to ingest a piece of art. Exactly. And I don't know if that's just like a little thing a few mm. people can do or whether that's just me being ignorant of the piece. But then it's funny because I say that I'm the same, but then I want people to look at my art for ages and think yeah. about it. But See, I, I don't in a way. Yeah. I kind of want people to look at my art and go, all right, and then move. <laughs> it's like, it's very disposable. Mm. <laughs> like, I'm done with this. I've congested it. I'll go away. Mm. Don't need to think about this anymore. Yeah. Maybe it'll haunt me. Maybe that's Maybe. what I want the after effect. I want that aftertaste art, mm. which comes back a day later. <laughs> yeah. I think that's good when you go away from a gallery and yeah. then something's just like still there. You saw it for like a brief period. Yeah. And then it's just like still in your head for weeks. That's yeah. that's the art which I I think has such much so much oh my god words fail me <laughs> has so much more impact mm. where you go and then you go and you think ah oh, I need to tell someone about this in some yeah. way even if they're not interested just go I saw this amazing thing the mm. other day and I think yeah I think when it comes down to activism and, and politics and everything like that mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a point which gets missed yeah in the rush to be maybe shocking yeah maybe more blunt than people should be mm-hmm. at times just yeah. because they want to have that shock value mm-hmm. but it's a very limited value yeah and I think people want to make their voices heard as yeah. soon as the thing happens yeah rather than sitting back and considering your position and making considered artwork I feel like that's that's very much prominent especially with these kind of closures within Lincoln yeah so many people are rushing to make a point mm-hmm. rather than kind of sitting considering things obviously there's committees and stuff going on yeah but I think yeah people are so quickly wanting to be heard and yeah shout about it yeah like it is sad but at the end of the day they've said the reason they want to close it is because there's no money yeah and I'm not seeing solutions for how can we put money into it I'm seeing people go oh we're upset don't close it yeah it's not really a solution. I find that incredibly frustrating when I meet artists who won't make art about the thing they're upset about. Mm. And it's one of those things of see quite a few artist friends mm-hmm. of when you meet them and they're really upset about something and I'm like, why aren't you making artwork about this? Yeah. You're clearly passionate about it. It's clearly mm. having an effect on you. Yeah. Why is that not the focus? Mm. No, I get that. Do you think people... I mean, obviously you're quite emotionally invested mm. in climate change and things like that. Mm-hmm. But do you think people avoid making work about things which they're too attached to? Definitely. Yeah. I think I did for a long time as well. Okay. Um, there was a point during my second year, because um, I did media production in right. undergrad. And, um, that explains the photography a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I did um, a design module and we had to do a storybook about a subject we were um, a challenging subject and I just couldn't think of anything that I was like attached to Yeah. and I was also very miserable at this point in my life Okay. and my friend was like you're miserable make out about that and it just completely changed my mindset like oh wait this is like an important thing like mental health is important Yeah. I can talk about this and use art to talk about it yeah yeah I think Especially when people kind of explore things which they're kind of passionate about. Mm. There's a, there is a level of, I can't use this for my art, mm. which is kind of, it's, it's a little sad, mm-hmm. in a way, especially when you get a lot of talented artists who are making things and then you find out they've got this extra little thing which they've never spoken about. Mm-hmm. And you've thought, well, you've made a lot of art. Yeah. you made some really good art. This could have been your message. Yeah. And you've kind of just gone, no, I don't, I don't think this is for everybody. Mm. And whilst I don't think everyone should wear their lives on their sleeves, mm-hmm. so to speak. No, I get that. But, yeah. I think you feel vulnerable doing it, and people are scared of feeling vulnerable, of saying, oh, this but, is important to me. Yeah. Because as soon as you say something's important to you, then that's it. Yeah. I think that's my fear of spoken word stuff. Mm. Very much. See, I don't know if you get this, of... When you write things, mm-hmm. and when you create something visual, yeah, do you feel more vulnerable when you write things? Definitely, <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, with a picture, yeah. there are so many different interpretations. Yes. With words, it's so direct. I feel I can hide behind visuals. Yeah. 
so much more easy mm -hmm. than hiding behind words. Yeah. And yet you can be quite symbolic in words, and mm -hmm. I'm still like, no, it's too obvious. Yeah. Everyone's going to pick out what I'm going mm -hmm. at in a way you want them to. Yeah. I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. Whereas I can just throw up an image. Be like, Here's the picture. Mm. I'll be over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Do you think, I mean, because in that sense, do you think that's a risk you take with doing activist stuff? They're not looking at you. They're mm. looking at your work. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Do you think you'd ever get into a debate about activism? Mm, yeah. Yeah? Maybe. Maybe. I'm not I going think. to bring out a guide. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I don't know. I think art's the only way I really know how to talk. Okay. So I think if I'm stood here just giving my opinion, I feel maybe more... Not more open to criticism, but... I know I'll fumble over my words. I know I'll, like, say the wrong statistic. Yeah. But if I can, like, make a piece of art... I can put all of that into it. Do you think when you make art that, that you know, not that you're avoiding the conflict, but it's easier to defend? Potentially. As an idea. Because mm. I've, I've considered that kind of, that whole aspect of if you take an idea and you put it into something visual, you put it into artwork, mm -hmm. it becomes something more concrete. Yeah. And it becomes something which people have to look at and consider, whereas when you speak it, mm -hmm. It's something which people can ignore. Yeah. But then sound out exists, so that might be completely... Mm. <laughs> mm. I don't know. So, you've got Witter mm -hmm. in a week. Yeah. It'll have gone by this point. Yeah. Are you excited about that? I am. Okay. Yeah. Do you know your slot yet? Like, when you're going on? No, not yet. Okay. No. So you're not first. I hope not. Oh, that'd be <laughs> terrifying. God. I went, did you go to the last one? No, I didn't. Okay, I didn't go to the last one. I went to the first one, mm -hmm. and that was really good. Yeah. It was really entertaining. Um, and there was a lot, of, a lot of interesting stuff. It was like a weird mix, because they had a, a few people speaking about art, and then mm -hmm. there was just stuff for purely entertainment value. That's cool. From performance and bits and bobs like mm -hmm. that. So it'd be interesting where you went. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> and terrifying. <laughs> and terrifying, yeah. <laughs> I had a session, um, like a performing arts class the other day, and I just wanted to work on my delivery of one of my poems, and instead the class took my poem, it split it up verse by verse, and performed it to me. I've never felt more vulnerable. Oh, really? These are my words. Coming at you. Yeah, it was terrifying. Yeah, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Yeah. Again, that's someone bringing your own words back at you. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually terrifying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> they were just like picking apart which words like I should say in a certain way because that's how they made them feel. That's how, that's how it makes me feel. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Is your is your poetry obviously you mentioned it's quite romantic. Mm. Is it I mean, what's the word? Is the performance style romantic? I think maybe. Is it I... like you are usually? Or do you go into character? And... No, definitely don't go into character. <laughs> um, I think that was the thing at the class. They were saying that I should, and I should really perform it. Okay. But I spoke to a few friends that have seen me perform before, and we all kind of agreed that the fact that I am a bit like nervous and wobbly on stage kind of adds to the fact that I'm talking about my feelings, and I'm terrified of that, and mm. I'm talking about being terrified talked about your feelings so I think that adds to it maybe yeah definitely. or maybe I'm just trying mm. to reinforce the fact that I'm going to be shaking like a leaf there's one way to find out though mm. which is to go do it yeah so do you <coughs> this is another which kind of just like comes comes up which suppose you make activist art mm. do you get competitive with other activist artists like if someone oh, yeah. else in Lincoln started making climate change art and was very visual, very on display. Would I, you hate it? <laughs> there's a lady in my course who's making climate change art, and she's phenomenal. And I'm like her biggest fan. And I think when it's done well, yep. like I'm not competitive. I'm like, I do not want to compete with you because yeah. I can't. I don't want to. And she's amazing. Um, I think. 
I think I'm not competitive, but I think maybe I'm overly critical of other activist artists and of myself. Okay. Because I think it's so important what we're talking about. So you can't get it wrong. And when I see people get it wrong, it makes me very angry. I can't imagine you're angry. <laughs> yeah. Um, it does make me quite annoyed yeah. when... But we're not like, <clears throat> not like nobody's perfect. I'm no. certainly not. I make a lot of mistakes in my art. But when I see mistakes being made on such an important issue, I do feel the need to get quite protective of it yeah. and go, no, this is this is something I I'm interested in. Mm. So I need to yeah need to hold it up. Because mm. to me, there's there's a level in Lincoln where I'd love to see more activists out. Mm-hmm. But like you say, there's a lot of bad bad art. Yeah. But then I kind of, part of me really wants bad art just on display. Just yeah. because then at least it's on display. Mm. And at least someone's doing something about it. True, yeah. And comes back to that whole thing of if you're upset about it, do something about it. Mm. But yeah, I think it's it's one of those hard ones to break. Yeah. Especially when art can be subjective. Mm-hmm. Putting yourself out there to make it is, is a bold move. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but you're doing it. I'm doing it, yeah. yeah. You should be proud of it. Yeah. I think it's something I always wanted to do but was too terrified. Hence yeah. the media degree. Hence the media degree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I can't talk. I did. Yeah. CLM. I should have done a fine art degree. <laughs> I wanted to do CLM. Yeah. But I was yeah. like... I don't even think that course exists anymore. No, it doesn't. It's just photography. Which means my degree doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> I've been relicked. Oh. I should be in the collection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I love that factor when I meet people off my cast and like you know they discontinued us right like we don't exist anymore. which I think is a shame yeah because it seemed like a really interesting course from an outside perspective yeah I'm probably not the person to talk to mm. <laughs> not that I have a problem with the course it was yeah. a good course it was interesting and it had a nice blend of video and photography mm-hmm. which is why I took it yeah my problem with it was that it didn't really know what it wanted to be Right. It wanted to be a media production course, mm-hmm. but at the same time it wanted to be a photography course. Yeah. And it never found that balance. Mm. And I was there for fine art things. Yeah. Which, yeah. Mm. If you do media, people don't like fine art. Yeah, which <laughs> is... This is my experience. <laughs> like when I did, because I specialised in photography, yeah. um, but I was making fine art photography, and there was this weird... The module didn't know what it was. Yeah. Um, because... You're graded the same as people doing, like, video and sound, but it's an art module, whereas they're clearly media modules. Yeah. So how can we be graded the same way when we're being graded on completely different criteria? Yeah. And yet, both coming out with the same... Score. Yeah. It's odd. I find art grading terrifying. Yeah. Because it's, it's yeah, so you can judge technique, you can mm-hmm. judge <coughs> skill, but judging concept is so personal yeah and yet they give you a grade on it yeah it's terrifying it's, as much as I kind of don't want to see art disappear from schools mm-hmm. I do think that art exams shouldn't exist yeah that's mm-hmm. a, one of those like yeah it just doesn't work mm-hmm. and everyone I speak to kind of a, like every artist I speak to is like yeah yeah definitely doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. Which is a nice, wonderful way to bring a podcast to it. <laughs> Your degree means nothing. <laughs> so, coming up, Witter, mm-hmm. where can people check you out? Uh, if you want them to. Gap in the Lens Gap in on the Instagram. Imagine. Mm-hmm. And you've got more work coming up. Definitely. Do yes. you have a date for your performance piece, Ella? No, not yet. A potential? Not no. even thought about it, no. I'd say do it in the summer. Yeah. It'll be warmer. It'll be warmer, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You have to stand out in December. Oh god, that'd be dreadful. <laughs> but people should definitely check you out. Yeah. Thank you for coming to talk to me about podcasts and me. activism and all those things. We'll leave it there. Brilliant.